0: Career competition is fierce. If you're a director, a VP or an executive, this podcast is for you. This is the Executive Career Upgrades podcast and this is your host, Tim Madden.
1: All right, all right. Let's get started. How's everyone do- doing? Hey, welcome to the Executive Career Upgrades podcast with your host Tim Madden. Hey, if you don't know me, we help those targeting six figures or multiple six figures, right, to to give them tactics and strategies to find jobs they love quickly. So if that's you, we're so glad you're tuning in today. Hey, we go live each week inside the Executive Career Network, the largest fastest growing network on Facebook of directors, VPs and executives looking to accelerate their career, network with other professionals. So if you're watching live right now in the ECN let me know in the comments and hey, we stream to our friends over at LinkedIn. Let me know if you're watching on LinkedIn over to YouTube. And after we're done, we upload it everywhere on the internet. Hey, do me a favor. You might be listening to the recording over on iTunes. If you could do me a favor. Hey, if I give you anything valuable, light bulb goes off, right? You learn something. It helps you in your career. Do me a favor, share it with a friend, leave me a review, maybe a friend or a family member or a business associate Right? Maybe it's just what they need to have a massive career transformation. As always, if you need help in your career finding a new job you love quickly, you can go on over to execupgrades.com/podcast, schedule a free career consult with our team so we can go over: hey, what are you targeting? What's been holding you back? And develop a plan for you to be successful as quickly as possible. And before I introduce our special guest, hey, we go. Next Wednesday, July 13th, we are holding our first ever executive upgrades live with the t- with the um, uh, subject, sorry, topic of emergency career planning. Hey, we know, you know, with everything going on in the marketplace right now, right? Interest rates are rising. We're approaching a recession. The last thing you want to do is be unprepared in case of, you know, rifts layoffs, etc. So, hey, I highly recommend you join that. I'll post a link in the comments um, across all the platforms here in a minute. So you can just click, add it to your calendar. We're going to be doing it live on Zoom every week. So you can ask your questions live with me and Christina. And um, hey, we really hope to see you there. If you're listening to the replay on iTunes, hey, email me over at tim at execupgrades.com and I will send you that information. All right. Whew. Special guest, one of my really, really, really great friends, Patrick Barber. Pat, introduce yourself, man. Tell people hey. a little bit about you.
0: Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Patrick Barber. I'm the president of Search Now. Um, we're a, a US and Canadian based uh, recruitment firm. Um, we specialize in a couple of different niche industries. Um, been in the industry for uh, going on six years now, since 2017. Um, have a ton of experience in both staffing and recruiting at all levels. Um, have built a team beyond seven, seven figures. And then prior to that, I, I served in uh, various leadership roles in the petrochemical industry, uh, project management, um, engineering. I'm a degree mechanical engineer. And uh, also, uh, uh, one little thing that I also forgot to add: uh, I also support the Recruiter Empire. Um, uh, training uh, program, mentorship program as well for uh, recruiters that are trying to start their
1: own recruiting business. So that's a, that's a little bit about me. So it would be safe to say that you've interviewed a couple people. You have seen all of the pitfalls that happen, not only on the candidate side, but the company side. And let's just say, have you ever dealt with a couple issues when it comes to candidates or companies and trying to connect both of them?
0: Is, is water wet, Tim? Is water still wet? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I've, I've, had, I've had all of those
1: experiences as recently as this morning. So yeah, definitely. Excellent. So hey, why I wanted to bring um, Pat on, right, is I know so many people deal with this and hey, if you, if you follow me, you know that I think it was indeed just released a, uh, I don't know if I know, Pat, I, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Indeed just said this recently, 70 per, 77% of people that go on interviews, okay, never hear back. That's crazy. That is so crazy. Not even an email, just straight ghosting, right? And it's due to some of these reasons. So without further ado, let's get started today on episode 44 of the Executive Corrupt Greats podcast. Hey, the real reason or reasons, sorry, I messed up the image. Recruiters don't call you back. Pat, I know we 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 talked about a couple things and I you, you know, we we have a um a couple instances where where this occurs. What do you think's the number one reason why recruiters just and what we're talking about is the recruiter actually spoke to someone and then they never hear back. What do you think's the number one thing of hey, this is probably why it happens? What do you think it is
0: yeah i mean i think plain and simple you're not marketing yourself in that interview to speak directly to what it is that the company is is looking for what it is that they're the pain point that this role that you're interviewing for is going to solve within the organization um you know there really needs to be some q a uh beforehand on your part with the recruiter beyond the jd right beyond the job description because there's so much more behind Uh, And and let's face it, let's be honest, right? Most of those job descriptions were written in about five minutes uh, because they've been sitting on on some HR person's desk uh, for the last week and they were due, right? There's Mm -hmm. usually not a lot of substance. So um, as a candidate who's taking an opportunity seriously, you really need to try to uncover what those pain points are, what it is that they're really trying to solve for with adding someone like you to the team. Um, If you're just talking about your experience and what's important to you, oftentimes you're going to miss um, what it is that they're looking for and what they're wanting you to tell them.
1: Yeah. It's funny you said that because I always make funny videos about job searching is a lot like dating. So just think about this. Here's just another example of imagine going on a date, right? And saying, Hey, this is everything about me. And this is what's important to me. And this is in me, 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 dude, that girl ain't not probably going to call you back. Right. (laughs) And it's crazy You you, you know, I obviously coach directors, VPs, and executives in career searches, and you'd be surprised how many people don't ask probably the most important interview question, which is just, hey, um, you, you know, I read the job description, but can you tell me, hey, what are you really looking for? And then just be quiet and take notes and ask more questions and then tell them, hey, that's me. I can help you here. Here's where I've done that. Here's the results I've had. But what's crazy is that's the only reason you're on an interview and it's almost never talked about, right? Because, uh, you know, yeah, I even uh, say too, if you go on an interview and you know exactly what they're looking for, because you asked them, you ask more questions around how that's impacting, what have they already tried? What are some of their business challenges? And you provide like, hey, I've done this successfully in several instances and here's how I've done it using storytelling or the star method or whatever. They're probably going to call you back. The recruiter's probably going to be excited. He's going to be like, "Hey, hiring manager, you got to meet this person." But that just rarely happens.
0: You know? No doubt about it. One of the things that we share with some of our candidates, especially the higher level uh, candidates uh, that are, you know, going for leadership type roles, um, you know, the perspective and the mindset that you need to have going into that interview is, is yes, obviously they're interviewing you, but you also need to have the mindset that you're interviewing them right? And so if if you go into it with that mindset and prep for it that way, you should have some pretty clear questions that are going to help you uncover what those things are, and then ask them obviously throughout the interview process. But here's the thing, give them a little taste, a little flavor of the value that you're going to bring to solve whatever issues that they give you. So an example of that might be something like, um if you're going for let's say um you know some sort of uh, vp of operations role right mm-hmm. and they tell you that the issue that they're seeing that they need help with and that this role is going to be solely responsible with is capacity planning okay got it offer them a solution you can talk about your experience and how you you know remedied that type of constraint in the past but give them a strategy right um, talk about SLA, service level agreement. Talk about uh, load leveling in your operation. Talk about you know, all of these different tools and strategies that you know that might be a fit and give them a sense that this is somebody that can really come in, hit the ground running day one and
1: begin to add value and give us relief in whatever it is that we're experiencing. Yeah. And back when job search is a lot like dating, most people too, I see it happen all the time. They're so worried about the comp. Like right when they come to the call, that's like going on a date and being like, Hey, right. When you met someone, like how much money do you make? Like how just weird and awkward is that, you know, it doesn't make sense. So, you know, making it more about them. Right. And when you make it more about them, it helps you learn more about if you even want to work there. One of the you know biggest pitfalls. Hey, what do you think? Um, how busy are recruiters, man?
0: Recruiters, this is uh, this is probably the busiest time in history, in the history of the recruitment
1: industry, at least in the well, US, with like 5% of the workforce or whatever it is leaving their job each month. That's, you know, it's insane. It, it is insane. And so, you know, kind
0: of, uh, you know, it's interesting that you asked that question. Recruiters are super busy. And so to kind of pull back the kimono a little bit in the life of a recruiter, you have to really understand the constraints that they're dealing with, um, you know, operationally, if you will and and what they do and how that relates to you as a candidate and things that you can kind of know landmines that are out there that you you don't you want to avoid stepping on. Right. And so ultimately, you know, the recruiter is measured by speed of placement. Yeah. Um, you know, how retention. many people you call today? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the biggest landmine for a recruiter, is to be on the lookout for time wasters, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a number of different. I don't know if you if you're familiar with uh, uh, the book "Way of the Wolf" by Jordan Belfort. Um, you know, he describes them on the sales side. He describes he, he he does a good job of kind of categorizing leads, right? Sales leads, and you can apply this to uh, candidates in recruiting. And so, uh, one of the categories that he has, he calls them "looky loos." And so, "looky loos" are basically another way of saying. Uh, someone that looks like they're going to be a serious candidate or a serious lead, um, but they they present themselves that way, but really they're wasting your time. And there's a number of different reasons why a candidate could be wasting a recruiter's time. Um, Obviously, they're not serious, um, but it also could be that they don't present well, they don't seem to get the needs of the business, this sort of thing. Uh, One of the biggest things that I know, at least within our team internally, uh, that we pay attention to on the candidate side is the responsiveness of the candidate. Yeah. How engaged are they with us about this mm-hmm. opportunity? Right. If I send them an email uh, or a, a phone call or send them a text message or, or whatever, um, is it taking them like a day, two days to get back to me, or am I hearing back from them within you know thirty minutes to an hour? Mm-hmm. Now I understand you know especially yeah. I'm sure a lot of folks are are already working you know a current uh, a current nine to five or whatever. I get that, but the level of enthusiasm and engagement that you have with the recruiter is really going to speak volumes, and it's going to, and in, in, in turn, the recruiter is going to reciprocate, right? They're going to, they're going to take you serious. They're going to know that you're not going to leave them hung out to dry when it comes time for an interview with one of their
1: decision makers, um, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. What I really wanted to touch on too, about recruiters being busy is Think of your average recruiter who works at like, let's just say like even Facebook, right? How many jo- how many requisitions, jobs, are they working on at one time? Man, who knows, right? Oh. 10 to 50 or 100. I don't even know could how be much. 100. And yeah. then how many, how many candidates per job, you know? How many people apply online now to Facebook? Hundreds, right? that recruiter does not have time to contact 400 people per requisition times 50. You you know, even when I worked at a top, you know, headhunting organization, one of the top in the world, you know, you just don't have time. What you do is you you log in, you find 10 people, you call them and hey, the other 390 get a, sorry, Charlie, we already found our people, we found more qualified people when they didn't even see your resume, you know? So I think, you know, following up with recruiters, especially if you didn't have a, a great interview that's impactful and they remember you, they're so busy, they're going to forget about you. They just no doubt about you. it. And, you know, first impressions are everything.
0: Um, mm-hmm. One thing, there's a there's a free tool out there, and I'm so excited about this because it's been yielding some really excellent results for us. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it's called Loom. I'm sure, Tim, I'm sure you've heard of it. Loom yeah. Video. Um, it's a free tool. And basically what it is, is it's a way to record yourself um, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a quick, efficient, concise way and send it as a link that's really nice and marketable. You can see it either in a LinkedIn DM or an email or even as a text message. And so, um, you know, one of the things that we've been doing, um, obviously we're a third party recruiter, so we're not mm-hmm. an internal in-house uh, talent acquisition team. But one of the things that has really picked up traction with the candidates that we submit is in addition to a resume and a candidate summary, we're also having the candidates record a 30 second loom video of themselves, yep. introducing themselves to the client, right? To our, to our client, to the hiring company. And it could be something as simple as, hey Tim, I'm Patrick Barber. Um, thanks so much for taking the time to review my profile. I've got 30 years of manufacturing experience. I specialize in lean. Um, I, I know different supply chain, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Whatever the key points are, look forward to hearing from you, um, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. That personalization and that outside of the box connection um, is really out of the gate going to make you stand out with some of these folks who are inundated with candidates. Right? Um, yeah. They're going to remember you, and that's going to give you a ton of momentum going in, assuming you're qualified. Right? that's gonna give you a ton of momentum into their due diligence process.
1: Absolutely. Um, because
0: they're gonna be passing that around internally
1: and I guarantee you, you are likely the only person that has done that. Absolutely, right? It's just like a house too, you said so personalized. Do you wanna look at a house on Zillow and just see pictures or do you want a video walkthrough? Bingo, yep, exactly, exactly. So hey, um, so we just did number one and number two. Number three, Let's talk about business needs changing. Me and Christina were just talking about this. Yet you, you know, sometimes three interviews in, they decide they're not hiring anymore, and the recruiter kind of feels bad. And then talk about business needs changing, and the recruiter you know doesn't want to say that they closed the position or whatever. Because let's be honest, man, most people. And recruiters, especially 20 to 30 years old, they don't like delivering bad news. I mean, who does? Who's excited about delivering bad news? You know, not most people. So talk about business needs changing and how that affects like recruiters not getting back to people because they're busy as well. You know, definitely. I mean, I think
0: I think inherently, um, you know, the recruiter, if you think about it, is a bit of a middleman. And so there's a component of the recruit, the makeup of a really good recruiter who's a little bit of a people pleaser, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they want to give the candidate like hope and see them excited and help them land a new opportunity. And they also want to serve their 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 leadership and whoever they report to in the business that they're working for. Um, and so the you know, oftentimes, they're able to help people and it's a win win. And that, that's what makes them feel good. Um, but yes, occasionally, I would say occasionally, not very frequently. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll Kind of touch on that a little bit here in a second. Occasionally, business needs do change, um, and you know if if you're not hearing back, you need to be direct with the recruiter, right? You need there is a, a little bit of an account if they've kind of ghosted you or gone radio silent. Um, it's okay to layer in a little bit of accountability in a nice way, right? In a professional way to find out what the heck is going on. Um, and you know something as simple as hey, let's talk. Just be direct with me. Is this still open? Am I still in consideration? And usually if they're professional, they'll let you know. Now, I'll say this, in my opinion, especially for higher level roles, to say, to, to, to go three to four interviews deep and get, you know, into the ninth inning of a due diligence process and for all of a sudden the business needs to change, usually in my experience, is a bit of a cop-out, okay? That's likely not what has happened. Um, you know, not saying that it never happens, it definitely does. But there's an underlying reason, and there's there's a there's there's a box that you didn't check, or someone that you rubbed the wrong way, or you know maybe there was someone better. But I would encourage you. The important thing here is that you find out why. Try to pull that out of the recruiter. Get them to be candid with you so that you can be better, right? Um, you're going to have another one down the road, uh, hopefully sooner than later. And it's good
1: to know what those things are. Um, it could but, be just yeah. But if you had that bad interview and it's me, 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 and what can you do for me and all this, that recruiter is going to be like, man, you know, I probably didn't really like that guy or girl anyway, so I got other stuff to worry about and people that were nice to me that I'm actually following up with. Because, hey, let's be honest, we joke about recruiters and stuff. It's a tough, hey, it's one of definitely the toughest roles. So business need change. Hey, even recently, not recently, a year ago, we had an individual uh, tech exec well, director of technology, mid-sized company, 12 interview rounds. You know, wow. you know the companies. The tech companies love to do the full loops and the other full loops, and then meet with the boss and the hiring manager's boss and his Witness boss. Test so and yeah. 12 interviews later, 90 That's days in, they say, Hey, I won't say his name. Hey, John Doe, you did a great job. You're awesome. But unfortunately. Through this interview process, since you did ju- ju- such a good job, you opened our eyes to, we have to hire a VP first. So <laughs> we need to put this on pause, hire a VP, and we'll call you in a couple months. So business needs change. It's freaking crazy. And you know, number four, which is just kind of like number three, hiring freezes. It happens all the time. Literally, I've had people the day before hiring freeze. And then the recruiter just feels bad, like, Hey, we, you know, so
0: that's a, that's a real thing, especially right now in today's, you know, economic climate. I mean, you know, I I think you touched on it there in your opener. Um, you know, we're knocking on the door of a, a potential recession right now. Right. Um, and so obviously that brings in injects a lot of uncertainty into a number of different industries and a number of different markets. And so, you know, as things change and as things continue to mature and develop, um, you know, it's, that is a real thing. Um, And for, for leadership of businesses um, who are stewards of that business, they've got to, they've got to pay attention to that. And if there's a piece of data out there that has just hit their desk or something that's been debated or uncovered or whatever the case may be, if, 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 if it, if it gives them pause um to you know go on a hiring freeze or put the table something that's already in the works um you know it, it is what it is it's a real thing and honestly it might be better for you as well um they're not just doing it for themselves but think of it as, as yourself as well you know signing up for something that could end up you know falling apart you get in there a month or two layoff, this sort of thing um so you know it, it is something that, that is definitely a thing right now
1: yeah and the last one could just be, you know, it could be budget related that falls under business needs change, but it could just be indecisiveness of the executive team because what's happened before, you know, they've hired people that haven't worked out. They've hired people which is frivolous spending and they've gone over budget. They've hired, you know, lots of people that let them down. And the hardest thing to do in life is to get someone to make a decision You know, I always make jokes and I say, ask your wife where she wants to eat. You know what I mean? (laughs) But um, it's the same thing with an executive. You know, if you're going to be bringing on someone two, three, four, however much stock options, vacation, all this stuff, imagine just what's going through that, that individual's mind. So there's, when there's indecisiveness in that thing, the recruiter sometimes is following up with those people. And they aren't even hearing anything and we're not even talking about third-party recruiters we're talking about internal recruiters you're like hey you said you tell this guy if you're moving forward weeks and weeks and weeks are going by the guy keeps following up with you and you're just like man i've had it i followed up six times i've done everything i can i'm moving on to the next one and again they just feel bad again about delivering that bad news
0: i think i i think i think to mitigate the indecisiveness and the risk that, that risk specifically circles back to your ability to close them in your interviews, right, mm-hmm. to, to make it crystal clear um, that you are the guy or the girl, right, or the gal, um, that you have the solutions that are going to solve their problems. If you're not speaking directly to that, and uncovering what those pain points are, yeah, the risk is out there, you're you, you are risking leaving some uncertainty in the minds of the decision makers, because they just don't know. But if you're coming in there, asking questions, uncovering what the issues are, and then offering a solution, even at the interview phase, right, which is, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you're not actually doing it. There's still a whole execution phase of this strategy or solution that you're offering. But the fact that you're demonstrating to them in real time as you're asking the questions and they're giving you the answers to be able to quickly come up with this is what you need to do, or these are things that I would look at immediately, whether you hire me or not, um, to implement that could mitigate that or solve or increase or whatever it is that they're trying to achieve, that should that should almost eliminate, eliminate any uncertainty that any decision maker is going to have about you because they know that you're already on the page that they're on,
1: right? That you're going to hit the ground running. That's what you need to project for them. And that's one of the problems is, When you don't hear something back, and hey guys, if you want more tips on if you know if an interview went well, follow me on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram at Coach Tim Madden. Got some great videos for you. And I just, you know, posted some a couple of days ago. I'm like, hey, these are the six steps if you know the interview went well. But here's what I want to encourage you to think about. You can sit here and blame recruiters, blame companies, do all this, but hey, that is not going to help your situation. The only thing you can do. Okay. Is how can you position yourself to ensure you do hear back, right? Because you can only control what you can control. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into an interview. If you check out some of my videos on YouTube, et cetera, it's like, Hey, did you have an effective pitch? Did you ask those important questions of what are they looking for? What are their challenges? Did you show them those examples of how you've delivered those results? Did you overcome those objections? Did you lock down next step? Did you do all these things? If you didn't, You are going to deal with this. You just are. If you have a blah, blah, blah interview, the recruiter, hey, other people are going to beat you out. And one of the saddest things is people don't even know this, but a lot of the times other people are beating you out in interviews that are actually less qualified, but they know how to present themselves. They know how to communicate more effectively. And those guys are always going to beat out other people that maybe have better results, Maybe have better resumes, better uh, schools, better certifications. But at the end of the day, if you can't effectively communicate and you don't know all the stages of the interview, you're going to deal with this a lot because the people that we coach that are sharp, that do know it, don't deal with this typically. And as you saw by that Indeed stat, 77% of people in the marketplace are dealing with this, but here's the reality. It's, sorry guys, hey, we keep it real on this podcast. It's your fault you didn't do a good enough job on that interview. Nine times out of 10, there's always those weird one-offs, but most of the time, just like Pat said, right? Pat doesn't get on calls with people and vet them and get excited about them and they have perfect interviews. And then Pat says, oh, you know, I'm just not going to call him back. Like, why would you do that? You wouldn't, right?
0: No doubt about it.
1: (laughs) Any other things that you'd like to add on of, hey, if you do some of these things, it may help prevent this. I know I kind of took the thunder and saying a lot of them, but no. anything else you want to add on that? Absolutely,
0: yeah, there's one There's one thing that we encourage our candidates to do to, to keep the ball moving, right, in the due diligence process, because some of these processes uh, with certain com- companies are, are a little you know, excessive, I guess is a good word that you could put, but to keep the ball moving forward, whether it's good or bad, at the end of your interview, you want to go ahead and, and Ask the recruiter if we can go ahead and put a follow up on the calendar now. Hey,
1: Locking down man. those next steps, man. Oh, that's Let's the most lock it important. Down. But, but, it's, it's, but here's the thing: if you don't have, if you're interviewing someone who just bombed the interview, me, 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 do this, and they're trying to lock down next steps, you're probably going to push them off a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely, wow. no doubt about it. If,
0: if, if you're trying to lock down next steps with the recruiter at the end of your interview and you bombed expect to hear something like this um you know i'll have to get back to you on that i need to check my calendar um you know we've got a few things that are in the works right now it's a moving target i just don't know yet but i will get back to you that's that's basically saying thanks but no thanks yeah um you know that's the reality if they're taking you serious if you if you crush that interview they are anxious and excited and enthusiastic about speaking with you again and moving you through the process so read between those lines but make sure that you ask that question and push for that at the end of the interview so that you know one way or the other right you're not left hanging you know wondering what's going on um so yeah
1: yeah hey everyone lots of things go into having an effective search right it's how are you branding yourself how can you get in front of people that can actually hire you how can you navigate this interview process and if you're listening to this and you're targeting six figures or multiple six figures, or you're a director VP and executive and you don't you aren't effective in some of those areas, it's going to be very difficult for you. And if this recession does hit and you don't know these and you're competing with the whole marketplace, 20 to 30% of the marketplace gets laid off, it's going to be a rough time for you and your family. So what are you going to do to position yourself in the best way possible? Hey, join our event next Wednesday so we can tell you for our emergency career planning session. Oh, by the way, it's, um, 7 13 at 8 PM. Eastern. It is on zoom. Highly recommend, um, you, you joining that Pat, any other things that you would like to share with, um, anyone who, who tunes into this episode? Um, you know, I, I would say one thing that I, that we see a lot,
0: especially for the upper level leadership type roles, is, you know, obviously, there's just been a ton of discussion over the last, you know, two and a half years, really, since COVID has hit that's created this super competitive and tight labor market, mm-hmm. at the leadership level, there seems to be with a lot of candidates, the misconception that, um, you know, that there are diamond in the rough, there's not enough candidates out there for what it is that they do, and that they're a shoe in, right. And they kind of have this, this mindset. And I'll tell you, that is completely false at that level. For those types of skill sets, that's absolutely not the case. Um, there, are, um, you know, th- there are candidates out there vying for VP roles, director level roles, even mid-level management, um, C-suite. Those candidates are out there. There's not a shortage on those. Those are, those are high performers. Those are people that are constantly looking for growth in their career um, and they're always on the move, right? Um, you know, so don't, don't get that twisted if you will, right? Like that's, that's, that, that doesn't apply to you. If you're one of the, these folks looking for, uh, to upgrade your career or move to the next level or make a lateral move in leadership, um, know that there's competition out there and take it seriously. Be I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up.
1: Cause Hey, I was just doing a search recently on LinkedIn for everyone who wants to know how many people are in the marketplace. I did one search of how many directors and VPs in Chicago alone that are only in sales and tech. So one more time, Chicago directors and VPs in Chicago that are in tech or um, um, sales, there's 240,000, okay? So follow me for a sec. Most people, lots, lots of people are working remote So if you're in a a job search, right, you're not competing with Tampa, Florida. If you live there, you're competing with America. And by the way, if you are at a very high level, you might be competing with people in Australia and the UK as well, right? So again, how can you recession proof your career? If you are not effective in any of these areas and you wanna make sure you're protected or you're in a career search now, and maybe you've been struggling or don't know where to start, Hey, go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast, schedule a free consult with us so we can say, Hey, where are you at? What are you targeting? What are your struggles? And we can lay out a plan of how we can get you there quickly. Pat, thank you so much for coming on to the executive career upgrades podcast and everyone. We will see you next week. Thanks for having me, Ken.